Welcome to Elevate with V, a nurturing and collaborative community with the mission of empowering you to overcome challenges and to live your most extraordinary life. I'm your host, V, and through my own healing and transformational journey, I've encountered a wide variety of healers who have all in their own way shared one universal message, that every storm has a silver lining. Join me in each episode as I engage in meaningful conversations to empower us to transform our darkness into purposeful light. On this podcast, we elevate. So let us journey together and be lifted up to our greatest potential. Welcome, everyone, to Elevate with V. So excited to be here with you. This podcast was inspired by my own healing journey. I aspire to share amazing healers and coaches to help us each elevate on our journey so we can keep aligning with our soul's calling and gifts. I can't wait to introduce my guest today, Maurice. We connected through our beautiful friend, Jakara. He has been on her lives, and they have done many collaborations together. I just so enjoy your energy, your authenticity. There's just something about you that's like very calming to me. So I'm really excited to learn more about your journey. So welcome, Maurice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's going to be fun today. Wonderful. Well, Maurice's official bio is he is a channel for healing and information. He specializes in evidential and trans mediumship, Reiki, shamanic journeying, and Akashic healing. He believes that ancient technologies, sorry, ancient ideologies, spiritual practices, and technologies are both applicable and necessary in today's world, and bases his work around this idea. This is the reason his spiritual business, Ancient Made Modern, was created. Welcome again, Maurice. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful intro, too. (laughs) I stumbled a little bit there. I was like, oh my goodness, these are words that I know, but yet I'm having trouble saying them. That's okay. (laughs) I I should have considered uh, smashing those like uh, multi-syllable words together. (laughs) 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 all good all good we we got the information out there and the great news is all of this information will be in the bio section so if anyone needs all the intro they will be able to find it so i'm so excited to have you here maurice as you know this show highlights healing journeys and how we've each navigated our storms to get to our silver linings so i would love to know and hear from you what event or events kind of had you step into your own healing journey? Oh, okay. So I'd say that the the biggest uh, the biggest spur into my healing journey was when I uh, I went on a business trip to India, and on that business trip, I got extremely sick. No one told me. <laughs> no one told me about about uh, like my the digestion and. Uh, the water and all that. No one told me. I don't know why they wouldn't brief me, but didn't got very sick. And um, long story short, I'm going to try to condense this. I uh, I was the sickest I've ever been in India, and I, I truly thought I was dying. I I you know I was calling on my family like, listen, I'm like, I'm sorry. And um, but anyway, I made it. I, I was t- brought to the doctor, given some antibiotics, and I was fine for the, rest of the trip. Got back. Uh, about three weeks after that, I fell uh, completely ill. Uh, 
it was as if I had like 10 different illnesses and the doctors could not figure it out. Um, I think I had something like 18 or something different types of tests uh, between blood, urine, feces, like all, all that type of stuff. And all they, all they could find was that my white blood cell count was very high, which meant I was fighting something, which means also that they couldn't treat me because they could not find a, a diagnosis. Um, so I kind of, I fell into despair. I don't even really remember how long this point was, but, uh, but I, I, I realized like, oh, I think I'm just one of those people that catches a mysterious illness and dies. Um, and uh, I had really two choices. I, I hit like rock bottom. I was like, okay, so either I waste away over the course of maybe, I was giving myself like four or five years. Um, the way that I felt my, it was as if my uh, organs were beginning to shut down and everything. I couldn't digest foods. Um, I couldn't stand up for more than uh, 30 minutes at a time. Stairs were out. Uh, <laughs> I was wasting. Uh, I developed food allergies, uh, like nothing would, and then like the things I could eat would just kind of pass through the body undigested. And um, so it's either I waste away or figure it out. So I um, decided <laughs> the latter that I'm going to actually figure it out. And then I went on a two and a half year journey, uh, diving into how to heal myself. And this is how that happened. And now I'm here. So clearly it worked, but I ended up healing myself. This is prior to spiritual work. I mentioned this though, because um, I know it was this process of being completely broken down and rebuilding myself that stripped away all the outer layers of me that allowed for the psychic senses to, to come in and, and open up. Um, I had stopped taking all over-the-counter medicines, uh, no food additives or uh, like chemicals. I was very careful about what I ate. And uh, I was prior a drinker. This is back in 2014. Um, I stopped drinking and I haven't drank even since then. Like I, I, like I cut out all these things that were potential uh, blockages to my spiritual, my spiritual gifts, which I, again, wasn't thinking about back then. I was just trying to save my life desperately. And, um, but yeah, this would have been the, the moment that I think I really, it was as if I was being burned alive, you know, and the outer layers of me were completely removed and, um, that allowed for a spirit to come in. And then shortly after I started to notice that like, oh, like I'm kind of perceiving like not only am I sensitive to foods, I'm sensitive. <laughs> period. Like I'm, I, like I can. There's things happening. Then over the course of the years, I um. So I guess uh, fast forwarding to maybe 2016, I start to kind of lean into more like, okay, something's happening. So let me just try to like, uh, look into some things. 2017. Oh, okay. Actually, no. 2016. My um great grandmother, who was like my mother. To, to me she was like a very important figure she passed away so this is another thing that that kind of helped the journey along and um i remember sitting at the dining room table just sobbing just sobbing sobbing and i was like calling our name and i started to feel this warmth in the center of my chest and it, like it was radiating past my body and i had this knowing that this was her so this was my first inkling to the uh, truth that there is still communication with people who have passed away. You know, you maybe hear about it in passing, but this was my first kind of like real tangible proof that this is the case. And from that point, she kind of led me on an internet rabbit hole. She kind of just like almost like guided my hands and just kind of started typing and it led me to Reiki. And um, so, uh, and okay, yes. And so that was that. Prior to that, I'd start to look into um, shamanism because before she even passed away, I started to look into shamanism because people kept telling me like, oh, your story sounds like the beginnings of, of uh, what would make a shaman. 
it, I heard this through like six different people's mouths until I was like, okay, let me like look into this. Is this like a thing? So I started to like look up shamanism. This is how I got into shamanic journey. And I started just doing that for myself. Then my grandmother passes away. I fall into Reiki and Reiki kind of gives me some like energetic um, framework, kind of helps me understand how energy moves through the body. And, and like, it's just very basic kind of stencil of how things uh, work. So I, that's how I got into Reiki. Uh, from there, especially after Reiki, all my other gifts began to just kind of explode and open up over the years. Uh, you know, I just kept doing Reiki for myself, maybe for some friends and for some family, help my grandmother heal her cancer. You know, like I, I was like doing things just really, it was really a personal thing. I never intended to do it really for anybody else. And um, it wasn't until 2019 that I started to get to a point where I was like, I, I'm hitting a wall. Like I need to be practicing with other people. Are there other people that can do this? And um, I remember just typing in psychic development circles. Like I remember just typing that in, in 2019. And um, what came up was a mediumship circle. I didn't even know what mediumship was back then, but it came up under psychic. So I was like, oh, let me just do that. And and I just picked one that fit my schedule. Uh, it was an online thing. I wanted to do one in person, but I can only fit the online one and jumped in and was doing it right away. And I was like, oh, sorry. Not only did I learn what mediumship was in that moment, I was able to do it right away. And I was like, okay, interesting. And then from there, I just kept doing it, doing it, doing it, all the classes. And then also in 2019, I formed Ancient Made Modern. I made Ancient Made Modern the Instagram. And I started just doing free readings for strangers. I did hundreds of them because I knew I hit a point like in my mediumship circles. I was like, I need to be doing this for more people that I don't know. I just feel compelled that I need to just do it. It doesn't matter. And um, yeah, and that's how all that happened. And I got to a point where it, both in my circles and in my personal work, my great grandfather who passed away years and years ago. Um, kept coming in through other people telling me I need to be doing this for work. And I was resistant to like even had like charging and anything because I was so stuck on like this is a personal thing. thing. And um, eventually uh, I lost the job that I had at the time. And I was like, well, there's this. I guess I really don't have a choice because job searches are not working out. So this is how I was kind of forced into spiritual work. And um, ever since then, yeah, I've been doing spiritual work. This is uh, 2020, I believe, uh, September 2020, where I finally uh, relinquished and allowed myself to, to get into spiritual work professionally. Wow, that's quite a story, Maurice. I'm just sort of like, wait, what happened to you when you went to India? I was like, okay, a little personal because, <laughs> you know, I'm from India. I'm like, wait a second, what happened to you when you were in India? So did you say you were on a business trip or was it a personal trip? It was a business trip. So I guess a little bit about this too. I was trying to condense it. So a little bit about this too. I worked for a company uh, that was contracted to the Nigerian Immigration Service. And their job, well, they hosted the software platform that allowed people to make payments to pay for their documents to go to Nigeria, either renewing their passports or getting visas. And it was a tiny company at the time. I'm sure they probably grew. I haven't talked to them. But um, it was a tiny company at the time. So like processing thousands of people every day with like four employees, impossible. But we just did what we could. So I was technically customer service and I was uh, like answering emails, uh, processing payments, helping troubleshoot, that kind of thing. And um, the owner one day asked me, I guess he saw my work, I guess. I'm giving myself credit. I guess. He saw my work and he was like, um, would you ever want to travel? And I'm, I'm like 20 two or something that i'm like yes 
yes, <laughs> of course I want to travel, you know? And I didn't really think he was legit at first, but then he, he brought me to England the first time. And um, just to take, he, he took me there literally just to make me take minutes, just to take notes. And I think he just wanted to like, just show me that he was, he, he had all these investors like pitching ideas to him from all over the world. And I was like, oh, this guy's a millionaire. Okay. Like uh, <laughs> he's real deal. Okay. He put me up in this real nice hotel. I paid for everything. I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's travel. And um, so, like, we, uh, he sent me on a couple other trips, uh, like, both around the country, but also out of, out of the country. Um, I went to England a couple times. Uh, China, I was there for a month. Uh, India was the last trip that I took. And so I, he sent me to India to start, uh, because one of the issues running in that we ran into in this company was um, not everyone in Nigeria or even going to Nigeria has access to, uh, like, a uh, either a computer or a card. So like some people were like, I just, I guess I can't, I can't renew my passport because either that or they have to go to the embassies where they risk being kind of like bribed and like <laughs> frauded. And um, so he sent me over to uh, India to start a call center to like train them from the ground up, um, show them how to use the software, uh, like to create like training modules. Meanwhile, I'm like 23. I've never done this before. And I'm getting paid like $13 an hour. But like, because I didn't know. I was just like like a foolish kid. Like when you asked me how much I wanted to make, I was, I was like $12.50. 50 cents higher than I was making at, at the, at the uh, restaurant I had been working at prior, you know? And he was like, okay. You know, taking this full advantage. And, um, but yeah, like he, he sent me over there with no instruction. And like, I just got it done. Like I look back, like I, like I don't know how I did it. But like when you're put in that position, you just do it. You just get it done. So I created uh, training modules. I, I created uh, like a whole talk track. I, I um, and I, I did everything. Like I printed out everything, all the individual steps, how to how to uh, access the website and how to do everything. I helped them set up the office. I helped them get the furniture, all that stuff. And um, so anyway, this is where I went. I was, I was sent over there to uh, help start a call center to because again, there were like four employees, so we needed more people to answer the phones. And, uh, and while I was there, I, I can tell you specifically what it was. I, or what I think was anyway, other, like uh, there's another psychic that told me something different. I think they're wrong. I had a, I had a, a, a specifically, it was a salad. So like I, I went there and like, <laughs> I was annoyed, by the way, I was, I was annoyed. And, and like, I was in a, like a, it's like a kind of like a business park kind of thing, I guess. And it was like, you walk in, it's kind of like, a like kind of almost like a mall. It's like open in the center. And around the edges, there's like stores and different places that you can walk in, restaurants and stuff. And up at the top floors, though, there were like lodging. So this is where I stayed up there. And but like, there, you know, there's restaurants in the place. So like I ordered uh, and they'd like bring stuff up to you. If you and I ordered, um, I went, <laughs> I tried to order the most American thing I could, like an idiot, like a fool. Again, no one told me this stuff. And like, so like, I, I, I'm like, oh, they, they have like a house salad. Why would I do that? Like, let me just, why, why wouldn't I just order Indian food? So like I ordered this house salad and they probably had never had a request to make this house salad ever before because it was disgusting. It was so bad. The, the, like the, the, um, dressing looked like, like a gray, uh, chunky applesauce. The, 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 it was just, it was all bad. It was just really disgusting. But I tried to eat it. I tried to eat it. And I got like three bites in. Like, I can't, I literally cannot eat this. Like I feel myself, I see myself getting nauseous. So I didn't eat it, put it out, woke up the next morning was fine didn't really feel anything and then i got to the office like the driver picked me up brought me to the office and um and, and like I've, I've used the bathroom like 
maybe like three times, whatever. I don't think anyone's like, I don't, I don't think anything of it. I don't think anything of it. I'm just like, yeah. and like, in and, and, uh, uh, Vivek, the, like the office manager kind of comes over to me like, you okay? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I've seen you as a bathroom a couple times. I'm like, yeah, normal. Like, I'm like, I'm good. He's like, I'm going to take you back. And I was like, what? No, I'm fine. Like there's a bathroom right there. Like I can work the rest of the day. He's like, now nah, let's go. And like, he knew. And I was like, all right, day off. Cool. Like, it's like, he brought me back and like, yeah, sure enough. Within like the hour after I got back, I was the sickest I had ever been. And, um, I guess he'd seen it before, you know, and he, he knew what it looked like the beginning stages of it. And, uh, yeah, it was real bad. I, like, I, I, uh, it felt like I was getting stabbed. I'll never forget. It. it felt like I was getting stabbed in the solar plexus. Um, and I was like, I was talking like, this, like I couldn't get any words out. So I was like calling my family, like, listen, <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> but, but, uh, I'm I'm very sick and I don't know what's gonna happen, uh, you know. Like, it was really bad, like you know, just coming out of every every, and and I'll tell you this too, which is also kind of interesting that I haven't mentioned a lot is that like, um, before I left, my great grandmother was really worried. I mean, I was going to India and she's like an old school Jamaican, so like, I I didn't think much of it. I was like, all right, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to go, um, but like, it started to kind of get to me. But there was a point where like. Up and like the week up until I went, I started to get this feeling like almost like this feeling of dread, like I like I might die. And I, I couldn't explain it. And again, this is pre-spiritual work and, and all that stuff, but like, and I just I kept thinking, like, like, am I gonna die? And I kept being like, no, you're just you're letting your grandmother get to you. Like, just just relax. And I remember being on the plane and like my I think it was my right hand went numb. And I was like, Oh, it's happening. It's happening. Oh no, <laughs> you know, <I'm> like scared. <laughs> I was like, uh. Attended, you know, like I was like, I was genuinely scared. Like, is there a doctor on the plane? And they're, they're like, no. So we'll see what happened, basically. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, and it was, um, but then, you know, it was fine. Everything got there. But then that happened. So when that happened, I was like, oh, here it is. Here it is. I'm dying, you know? So like, it was, yeah. But like, I think back now and I'm like, I think I did die though. You know, there's a part of me that, that died that needed to, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned Jakar because we've recently had like a, a, a SRT session, and she picked up on this lifetime that I had in India because, like, because we're like, uh, it felt like like in the height of my illness, it was radiating from this very specific spot in my lower stomach, uh, left side, and she found this specific spot, lower stomach, left side, where apparently in a past life I had been poisoned, uh, incidentally during a ritual. And this is exactly where it was radiating from. So like, also there's a layer of this having to do with like past life stuff, literally in India <laughs> as a, as like a king in India. So, um, I just learned that recently. So I forget I mentioned it, but yeah. So that's what, <laughs> that's what happened with that. Yeah. It was a whole mess. And I was sick for two and a half years full on. No, I went to about six different doctors, including a, an infectious disease specialist. Uh, no one could figure it out. And, and the despair that I fell into once, once, I got that diagnosis or prognosis or whatever uh, was so incredibly dark and, and deep. You know, I don't even really remember those uh, those days, those weeks before I like I snapped into obsessively trying to heal myself. And really, what it was, ironically, that I discovered afterwards was um, it was like a mixture of Ayurveda and uh, traditional Chinese medicine that really was the the thing that that turned everything around for me. So, 
Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is so interesting because yeah, I'm actually glad you shared because I'm like, okay, I know this is an interesting story, but it really helps to understand because you also said your grandmother was like, don't go on this trip. And then you were already feeling and this is way before your spiritual journey in quotes even started. And then you're connecting it back to this whole thing about shamanism, which I wasn't really clear what it's almost like you have to go through like deaths in quotes to actually like even step into that process. So that's kind of what you were doing, knowing unconsciously that's kind of what's happening. And now we're wrapping this other layer of like past life that <laughs> is connected. I was like, oh my goodness. And for everybody that's tuning in, uh, Jakara uh, that we talked about and SRT, there's an episode with her. So if you want to learn more about that specific thing that she does, please go check out that episode. Um, but kind of coming back. So I did not know this peaks about before you step into a shamanic journey, or if you're feeling called to do that, there is this process of almost kind of like going through a death and you pretty much, that's what you went through, right? Right, right. This apparently, because when I actually did stop and, and research about it, it's quite common that uh, people kind of, in a sense, chosen to, to be uh, a shaman or shamanic practitioners go through some sort of uh, pretty intense uh, initiation. You'll read a lot about how people were struck by lightning or it, it like had some grave injury or uh, some grave illness and had to solve it for themselves. And it's through that process of solving it for themselves that they really start to walk on, on the path. And um, yeah, I don't refer to myself as a shaman. That's one thing that, that I don't do. I kind of, I have a thing and I, I know that there's a lot of people that disagree with me when I say this, but like, I kind of have this thing that like, I don't know, like, I just feel strange about calling myself a shaman, like giving myself that title. I I rather call myself a shamanic practitioner, you know, like I kind of, I do shamanic things, but um, I think it's a title that's kind of uh, handed to you uh, incidentally by kind of like spirit rather than something that you just deem yourself. Um, But I mean, if I kind of review my life, I mean, there have been some shamanic aspects and some like really, uh, because for me, that w- I was very close. Uh, I was very near death. And um, and I knew, I could feel it. I'd, I've never had that feeling since, or nor before, of the fact that I'm dying. And I'm not going to last long. You know? So, but I'm here, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, nine years later, whatever. That's like a, I mean, that is like a, literally a life-changing event. When you're literally straddling life and death and you were able to get into a space where you're like no i'm i'm gonna live so what do i need to do for myself and then you went through this whole other path of like now i gotta investigate and literally kind of go to like plants and herbs like all the things from the earth right like what's going to help me because traditional medicine is not able to understand at all and they failed um, me yeah (laughs) Yeah. So where did you, how did you even start? Was, did you talk to someone? Did you just start looking online? Like, how did you even know, okay, I got to like do Ayurveda, or I got to do herb, Chinese herbs or Chinese medicine. Like, how did you even step into all of that? Google. It's literally just Google, you know, like, cause I was so desperate just to find information. And like, I, I, I lost so much faith in 
the Western med- medicinal system. Like I like like at that point, like I I was so like you've not only not been able to help me, but like I, I know that if I would have stayed with you all, that you would have just killed me. So like I, I was at a point where I was like, I need to find the answers myself, and literally Google. I was like, like how you know just all the things. How can I heal myself, or how do I deal with this specific symptom? Like I was like symptom by symptom, um, illness by illness. And yeah, I was eventually led back to, I think I, I use the word naturally a lot because, you know, I was like, how am I humble? How can I do this without, uh, you know, over the counter meds or even uh, prescribed meds? And what would come up were these natural remedies, uh, having to do with the different herbs and roots and other plants. And I went through a process of, of, of just intense trial and error. It's not that, it's not that I, I Google and just found the answers. Because uh, not everything works for everybody, you know. I, I had to go through this intense, uh, extensive process of um, trial and error, and which was a, a pain in and of itself. Because like some things would kind of like aggravate things, something you know. So, but uh, yeah, this is how I found it. Just just really searching the internet, and then as a result, kind of finding different books, different articles, uh, different other uh, materials that I could use just through the internet. Wow, that's so amazing that you did so much of that by yourself. And so obviously you started to like trial and error and all of these things, basically like practicing on yourself and seeing what's going to work and finding your own kind of custom things that worked. At this point, you were still not technically to your awareness in your spiritual journey, even though you were. Um, But as you were sort of doing all this work and healing and kind of cleansing yourself, um, you, like you said, your gifts started to open up, right? And right. so that's interesting. So I know we didn't touch on this. Did you have any experience? Like, were you, it felt like you were just like a natural medium. Like you said, you started to go into these circles. You're like, oh, I can do this. You know, like yeah. most of us are like, are you crazy? I'm like so scared. I don't want to do this. And funny enough, I came into your circle once, right? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be doing over here. And, um, you know, and had a great experience as kind of a beginner. But did you, uh, in your childhood, was there anything that you experienced or were you around? Because I know you said your grandmother was pretty spiritual. Was anybody mm-hmm. else in your family along those lines? Was it something that you experienced or were encouraged? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Never. So it's, it's um, I find myself looking at some other people who have had that in their lives, uh, in their early lives. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. No one. Uh, was an apparent psychic. Everyone was psychic. Like looking back now, I'm like, ah, you all had it. Like I get it from you all. But um, no one, it was never encouraged. It wasn't as if it was not encouraged, but like I had no concept of that kind of thing. Um, I experienced things as a kid. Yes. So again, having to look back and be like, oh, that's what that was. No, but like it was, I never had a person who encouraged uh, diving into spiritual work or spirituality or any sort of spiritual practice. Uh, my grandmother, she, my great grandmother, I mean, she was very, um, in tune and astute, but, uh, her medium for her spirituality was, uh, her religion. It was like church and in prayer. And I just remember some of the things that she would tell me that and how she would experience things. And looking back, I was like, Oh, she was just having visions. She was just saying, she was being shown her guys were speaking to her. And, um, so yeah, just to answer that question, no, I I didn't have anybody, no one. I, I it's funny. I, I know that I wasn't supposed to. You know, looking back, I can you know I can be all like, well, I wish I had them, but like 
I know that I wasn't supposed to uh, have anybody uh, because I kind of have a feeling that I probably would have been deemed crazy. Uh, I, I kind of, I would have, because even, I, I mean, back when I was very young, um, there was a time where they wanted to diagnose me with depression. And, and like take, taking you back there now, like I, because there's a point. Right? Okay, so let's get some specific. So back in second grade, um, I cried every single day. Uh, every single day in school, I would I would cry. There's a point where I'd cry, and and I just remember saying words like, "Why won't anybody help me? Why won't anybody help me?" Like I'd repeat that over and over again, sobbing, sobbing, crying in the middle of class. And um, so naturally, they're like, "Let's take this kid. Let's like get this kid out of here. Like, look, what, what's wrong with him?" And like, uh, they took me to uh, like to talk to. I don't remember what it was some sort of like maybe the principal or something. And they, I remember them asking me like, "Are, are you just sad that you're?" your parents were split because by this time like my i mean my parents were never really together like age two one whatever they split um are you sad that your parents are are not uh together and as a, as a child i remember being like yes you know because <laughs> like, i remember being like i i don't know how to articulate what i'm feeling and what i'm going through so like the answer to your question is just yes you know good and let's situate that. And so I remember being brought to the uh, like a, a psychiatrist, not even a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and um, had me do puzzles and things, ask me questions. And the di- the, the diagnosis was uh, they wanted to medicate me. They wanted to put me on, on medicine. And my mom was like, yes. But my dad was like, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And I, to this day, like I'm like, I'm so grateful for him because that would have changed the course of my life forever. Um. But I say that because uh, looking back, I've had opportunity to dive deep into that. And I was experiencing, I was so sensitive as a kid. I saw it, kind of getting back around to your original question. I was always sensitive. I was always, always sensitive um, to subtle energies. And as a child, as my awareness began to grow rather than my consciousness began to grow as I began to like wake up and realize like, Oh, I'm on earth now. You know, you, you like lose that like sparkle in, in your eye when you're like a newborn and you're like, Oh, okay. I'm awake now. I'm like, I'm a human. Okay. And, uh, when I hit the, I hit my point very early, I must've been like five years old. You can see it in my pictures. Like I kind of like lose that sparkle. And, um, I realized that I was experiencing the pain of the entire earth. You know, I started as like, okay, like I see my grandmother's in pain. She has uh, arthritis. She has diabetes. She has her pains. And the intense want to, to help her, my great-grandmother. And then that would expand out into the neighborhood and feeling like, oh, there's pain everywhere. Everyone is in pain. And expanding that past into the state, into the country, into the world. And it was so overwhelming that I didn't have enough tears to cry to express how much pain I felt for everybody. And, um, so yeah, I was always very sensitive. Also, I mean, I, I saw things there. They're definitely, I can, I can tell you a couple of stories about things that I, that I saw uh, as a child too. Um, and which would have like began the process of shutting my gifts off. Um, and then kind of getting older, um, it was truthfully alcohol. Alcohol was the thing that I was using unconsciously that I didn't know I was really trained by my parents who I'm sure were shutting their gifts off but trained to um, kind of use alcohol to, to numb myself and block the gifts off uh, entirely. And so ironically, when I got sick and was like, I'm not drinking alcohol anymore, this is one of the things that allowed the gifts to rush right back in because there was no more numbing happening. Um, but yeah, 
again, just to kind of circle back around to your question, yeah, I, I'd always been sensitive. I'd always been seeing things and feeling things. There were always times where people would ask me questions, even as a child, and I would kind of um, almost like not blackout, but like I like I was like I wasn't there, and then for a moment, and then like words just come out of my mouth, and then by the time I came to, people were like either like pale or like uh, like it's teary eyed or like and I'm like what I what did I say you know what I, you know like and there's so many times I can think of where I just knew things and like I remember like just the expressions of like my parents or my dad like how could you know that and I'm like I don't know you know like as, as a little kid like <laughs> it's like you know so like I, I'd always been that way yeah it was just more of a rather it wasn't so I guess it's better to say that it wasn't that that um getting sick turned my gifts on but rather allowed them to resurface from inside Yes, that's kind of what I wanted to get to. I'm like, there's something deeper in this story. It wasn't just from that event. <laughs> there were other things going on. Yes, thank you so much for sharing because um, that's huge. And, you know, I have heard from a lot of people who've come and, sh- you know, shared on the podcast that, you know, a lot of them ha- were very sensitive, even as kids, and they didn't have a space to be able to share. And so it ends up getting shut down and suppressed. And, you know, even for like, when you were saying it, like you were seeing things and I was like, Oh, Maurice, was it like dead people? Was it, were you already starting to see galactics and stuff too? Or, you know, cause you never know what someone is seeing. Right. But you're like, okay, uh, I just got to shut this down because uh, number one, it's, you can't talk to anybody clearly because anytime you try to express yourself, it's just not something that people were open to. So it's like you had to find your own channel to kind of just numb it out, right? Just shut it off. And um, so, yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it definitely prepared me for this work. I'm just like thinking back on it. Um, There was, there's a particular moment Again, five was like a pivotal uh, age for me, I really think. So like, but back when I was five, I remember um, I had a lofted bed, like a, you know, like a small lofted bed. There's, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like a, like a it's like a bunk, but only the top bunk, no bottom bunk. And um, I would sleep with my face towards the wall and across, like on the other side, parallel to the bed was uh, like a, one of those, those closets that like you open the doors and they like folds inward or outward, I guess, that you pulled, you know what I'm talking about, like those kind of doors. I, I, I should know the name of those types of doors, I don't. Um, but the closet was open, and um, and my face was turned towards the wall, and like, it was like, I don't know what time it was, because I wasn't using clocks and stuff back then, but it must have been like early, like three in the morning, two in the morning, something. I remember just waking up, and I turn over, and there's this girl just sitting cross-legged on the, the floor, uh, like in front, or to the side of the bed, and um, and she like looks up and the most distinguishing thing, two things was that like, she was wearing this kind of um, colorful garb. The, it was like a, almost like a wrapping around the body and a wrapping around the head. It was, and I could see the colors very clearly. Like, like there's oranges, uh, yellows, reds, blacks, green with this pattern on it. But that was the first distinguishing thing. The second thing was the fact that she had no facial features, no, nor any skin tone or anything. It was just a solid black uh, silhouette. I was like, but I can see the clothes. Why can't I see the face? So I'm like, <laughs> and I, 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 I just turn over. I turn back over because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't even have a concept of like the word ghost or anything at this point. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening right now. So I, I turn over. I'm like, <gasps> Okay. 
okay. So like, I, I have to look again. So like, I like, I turn slowly back over and she's just standing uh, in my face, like face to face with me, like completely still. And I'm like, mm. so I turn back over and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I, cause like I have to, I have to look, I turn back over and um, the girl is gone, but there's this uh, figure that takes up the entire size of my closet. It looks, it looks like it doesn't have any clothes. Again, it's like no um, character characteristics. It's completely black solid. And it's like real like buff, like huge looking. And like, and the most distinguishing thing about the way that this thing looked, it looked masculine, I guess, was that the head, the top of the head wasn't rounded. It looked like there were like three prongs at the top, like two, like three spikes. And at this point I'm like, ah, you know, like I'm just, I just, I just yell because I'm, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, and it does one of these, like, like one of the, like, uh, puts his hands out, like with the palm up, and then like slowly curls the fingers inwards as if to say "come." And uh, yeah, I was having none of it, so I'm screaming, 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 and um, screaming, 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 and then like I, uh, I hear footsteps, and I, I'm like screaming so hard that my, like, my eyes are closed. Then I hear footsteps coming from down the hallway, and I'm like, no, 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 because, 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 like, I open my eyes, and like, and now he's standing in the doorway, like the, to, like, open, you know, the door to come into the the room, and the door is open. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, then they're coming down, and and uh, my mother walks in the room and walks through this being, and just like dissipates, uh, turns on the light, and she and she's just rather than asking me what's wrong, she just goes off on me, like she goes off, off. Like she's so mad and I'm trying to like, no, but I saw, and she's just kind of digging into me. And I realized, you know, many years later, how traumatic this was for me because I was seeing something. I know I saw something and I wasn't asleep. I, I was experiencing something. And when I tried to express that thing to my parent, um, I was shut down so hard and showed so much rage, just pure, utter rage without even being heard at all, that this became the point where like I... Oh, what's interesting about this, this, this moment was, uh, marked the period before and after I started to need glasses. I'm not wearing glasses now only because of, of the glare. I have very actually poor eyesight, but, um, this was the moment that I started to need glasses. So it was as if that, like, uh, I subconsciously blinded myself. Like I didn't want to see. And, um, yeah, within the next few months was when I first, uh, I got my first pair of glasses because my vision started to, to blur and, um, yeah. So <laughs> that, that took some uh, some going back and returning to and healing to wow. to for. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Maurice. Yeah, I mean that's again, you know, I'm loving that we're digging into some of these things and I hope that it's not traumatic for you now. I feel like you've worked through some of these things cuz my I always want to be very careful to not um oh, have yeah. anyone relive any trauma. So <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, no. I I'm good to talk about all this stuff now. Definitely. Wow. It's good to talk about it. Yeah, that is really powerful because, you know, for a lot of people, I I would ask the question, I'm like, well, was it in your mind's eye? You're like, no, you're like, this was like physical, like this was in my space. I saw it. Um, So I can just imagine that your mom, the way that she reacted, I mean, talk about like shutting you down. I mean, that's done. I mean, it's like pretty much locked up. It's done. And I love that you're sharing that that's kind of when you needed to wear eyeglasses. Like it makes so much sense because, you know, this is something that I was exploring very recently and saying, Mm. you know, any 
I mean, everything to me is connected to our physical body, right? Like everything that's happening, right? And so once you dig deeper, you kind of understand. And so for me, part of it was also like, what did I not want to see? Because I remember mm. having my glasses when I was like, I think I was probably like eight or nine. So pretty mm -hmm. young. And yeah. one of the things I was looking at is like, well, I've been doing all of this healing work and all this stuff is happening. I wonder if it's going to like shift my eyesight. Is it going to improve? Is there a point where I won't need it anymore? You know what I mean? So, you know, kind of just dabbling in that conversation because I believe that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do too. I've often thought about that. Like once I figured that out, that that was kind of the trigger for that. I was like, well, can it go in the opposite direction then? Yeah. So I haven't ever really put any active energy into that, but that's something that I've I definitely been brewing in the back of my mind for, for some time. Wow. Well, I thank you so much for sharing. And I love to get kind of like a bigger picture. That's why I always kind of go to people's childhood, because I feel like that is something that really um, creates and shifts so much in our life, right? Depending on our experience then, and especially for people who are super sensitive, um, you know, it's kind of confirming again that like, you know, we shut our gifts down because yeah. we're like, it's not safe. and I can't be myself. Something is wrong here. So I'm just going to suppress it. And then all these other things happen. So kind of jumping back to when you were doing your journey of this intense, like physical self-healing through your food and just cleaning up your diet and just getting rid of chemicals and all of these things. And clearly you could see your body was responding. You're feeling better. You're healing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, you have a part of your repertoire to do with like creating really healthy food or products. Am I making that up or is this true? Hmm. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I, cause I, I've since, um, because I mean, I was already a cook. I've been cooking my whole life. So I think that something I'm sure was orchestrated by my higher self you know, over the course of the years, but like that saved my life. Cause like if, if I didn't have that, that skill, uh, I don't know what I would have done. I would just waste it away. I would just, you know, so like being able to cook for myself uh, changed everything because now I was able to incorporate uh, like different, um, not just medicinal foods and herbs, but also incorporate the knowledge of what those foods, the condition that each one of those foods create in the body does, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I'm going on a whole thing. Yes, yes, I, I do. You know, I, I do create... Um, uh, different foods that can be aimed at different ailments and to, to mitigate different effects and things, and which is just kind of incidental, incidentally picked up from my own healing journey. I love that. No, I definitely want to have you share a little bit more about that. So is this something where you're customizing if like just I'm assuming that it's not like a full on business necessarily. It seems like it kind of like just kind of expanding. Is it more like friends and family who are coming to you and saying, hey, I got all these issues and you're like, hey, listen, I can help you. I can like help create products or do you create products and then share with people that, hey, I've created these I'm just going to say like they're these amazing cookies that are like super clean, plant-based. They've got these great ingredients. Like it's a great alternative. Share with me because I'd love to learn and I'd love to share with others what uh, you're doing in that space. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've just created uh, a new business. I guess I'll just say, say the name of the business it's, uh, with, a, with a business partner called uh, Bacon Buds, B-A-K-I-N without a G. And um 
for now, we're just offering products that I've created that that offer you uh, like a healthier alternative. Because for me, it's not just about healthy alternatives. I am obsessed with taste and texture. So uh, I make all vegan, all organic uh, cookies and even brownies and things. Um, it's real small now. So we're mostly cookies and brownies. And um, rather than using uh, refined sugars and a bunch of other chemicals that are necessary, I keep the ingredients real, real simple. Um, because one of the issues with food is not just the additives and the chemicals, which is, of course, an issue, but the amount of ingredients in each thing, which our bodies and our livers have trouble processing. Um, so I, that's kind of where it is now. I, I have and I do kind of offer a more personal thing for like family and friends where it's more personalized. That's not something that I've really, I haven't spent much time uh, creating a, like a business around that. I mean, you say that now, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should, but but I haven't, <laughs> I haven't. But so for now, like I, I like to offer uh, things that uh, taste good, but also are good for you. So, for example, just an example of that, like um, uh, a typical chocolate chip cookie, even just chocolate chip cookie, like you go to the grocery store, read the ingredients, and you're going to find some ingredients. You're like, why is that in there? And you know what I mean? But I'm able to create these excellent cookies without the need for any animal products. They don't taste vegan, quote unquote. You know, they, they don't have that like vegan type taste or texture. Um, but also the ingredients, I can carry the ingredients, for example. Uh, it, it'd be... Um, organic flour, uh, organic maple syrup for the sweetener, uh, baking powder, Himalayan salt, and a little bit of organic cinnamon, uh, and organic vegan chocolate. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. When you know the amounts of every ingredient that you need to create a good effect, simple is better. Simple is just better. So yeah, I've, I've spent years now uh, owning that skill. Because it kind of was born from me, like, okay, well, I can't really eat anywhere now. I can't buy these products from the stores anymore. So how am I going to solve for myself? So uh, yeah, I've been I've been baking in this way for I think about eight years now. So I have a lot of practice. Um, yeah. So that's that's that that's the official business for right now is uh, is, is baking bus. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. And I I wanted to ask because I've seen things on Instagram. I know it's uh, under a different uh, account, but I was like, I was very intrigued because um, that's something that's of deep interest to me. I used to own a small food business a few years ago, and it was all like vegan, gluten-free, like no salt, no sugar, but just like so delicious, so healthy. And I knew that it was making an impact in terms of our customers um, and that things can taste really good and yeah. be really simple. And I love that you're doing that. And and again, you know, it came out of, it birthed out of kind of like your pain to create yeah. Once you kind of did your own kind of healing, you're like, okay, well, I have these other tools now that I can also share. So, you know, even if it's not something that turns into some like full-blown practice, it's like something that you really enjoy and you're passionate about. So that's another thing that I love is that even though you didn't mention it in your bio, I'm like, well, I'm going to ask him because I do think that it's really <laughs> beautiful and important because, you know, as we are going through our healing journeys, um, you know, there is something about that really strong connection, right? Between like what we eat, how we think, like it's it's all kind of together. It all kinds of works together. 
And there are a lot of us who do believe that just a personal choice is like, I prefer plant-based and I loved a lot of other things before. And I still don't deprive myself of anything if I really want something, but I'm Mm -hmm. very careful of ingredients. Like I will read every label and like you, even though I didn't have to go through something like you did, um, there is this feeling of, I have access to these beautiful ingredients. Like I can start to make my own things. Like right now, like I do love dessert, but I don't want to go buy some of these things as I read the ingredients. And like, I'm making my own stuff with like simple ingredients and it's so delicious. So I love that we talked about this because I think there's this element of like, you know, there's so much more available. And Mm -hmm. if you're interested in that aspect of, I also want to take care of my physical body in a different way than I have before. There's so many things available. And um, like I said, I know you might be more friends and family, but anyone listening to this, if this is of interest to you, please check out um, what Maurice is offering. You never know. You could try some of his cookies or just be inspired by like what he's doing and maybe think to do something on your own. Maybe look up some recipes to make some healthier versions, even if it's just one thing, right? Like sometimes it's just one change, one little step. And um, I think it's really important. So, and I know that's such a big part of your journey. So it makes a lot of sense that you are also doing some of that. And it's not just something that you do in your own kitchen. You're like, yeah, let's share this resource with others, you know? So I love that you shared that. And um, we'll make sure to link that as well, that other account that you have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because like uh, you mentioned uh, my, my other, well, first of all, I mean, you're right. You say that and it's probably about time that, that I um that I start to also mention the the cooking when, when you talk about like my about because it's all tied in and it's all it's all you know it's it's all the same it just it, through a different lens um, it's been it's been I've gotten so used to separating the two that it's like I I'm like oh I'm, I'm talking about spirituality today so let's not talk about food but um but yeah because okay so like there's an there's another important aspect to to my healing journey actually and um. And like I'd be, I'd be kind of lying or omitting if if I didn't talk about it. There was the uh, traditional Chinese medicine. There was the Ayurveda, but there's also the cannabis. So when it came to healing my internal, like, so I had to first solve for the uh, the all of the imbalances that were created. Not just that, um, and the the lack of good bacteria in my body, which had been destroyed over the course of rounds and rounds of antibiotics, because that's how you deal with things in Western medicine. You just throw stuff in there and hope for the best. You throw atom bombs in and then you kind of kill everything. And then you just hope for the best, which not a viable solution. Um, again, no one told me that. I had to figure that out myself. But what that did was destroy my uh, my uh, microflora system in, in my body. It like, destroyed my, my gut. And that allowed for a lot of the kind of bad things to overgrow. Um, bad bacteria, bacteria. Uh, uh, fungi, yeast, and things to overgrow. So I had to go through the process of balancing that, like kind of like mitigating that, but kind of killing a lot of that off while replenishing it with, with the good things. Um, but what I realized, because over the course of two and a half years, uh, it, the bad bacteria and the bad stuff had destroyed my uh, physical digestive system. They had like put holes in it. You know, they they like, uh, I, I had um, uh, was what they call leaky gut. Cause, and I knew this because I developed a bunch of uh, food allergies and sensitivities. 
And um, so I now had to go through the process of sealing my gut. And it, it, there were some other steps, definitely. Um, the def- other products, uh, L-glutamine, bone broth, and things like that, that I had to kind of like kind of lean into. But to this day, I credit the use of cannabis-infused oil to, to like really helping me to, to uh, seal off the, the gut and heal the gut from the, from the inside. And um, so I began just making oil for myself and putting it in capsules because I was like, I need to get it as far down into my digestive system as I can. And, um, but I was also noticing like, oh, there's kind of a nice effect as well. Like, I think I kind of like <laughs> I feel because, and this is, this is important because it wasn't just about like, feel like feeling high, whatever. It was also because I was in such a state of lowness and depression during that process. It was something that actually truly helped me to, to like process the emotions that I was going through without like losing myself in, in the darkness. Cause it wasn't just like, Oh, I, I know how to heal myself. So I'm just happy now. No, through the process, it's painful. It's tough. It's lonely. No one can help me. It's, it's just me and me. And so it was also something that, that helped me in a very, um, like a mental and, and emotional level back then anyway. And, um, so over the course of time, you know, like I get to a point where I'm I'm healing myself and, and I feel really good. I think to myself, well, I'm a cook and this is just oil. So can't I just put it in other things? Like it just kind of dawned on me. Like, you know, I had never thought about like edibles or anything like that. And so I started to just make things like play around in the kitchen. And I realized like, oh, it does work. That's kind of cool. Like I got to just make normal stuff that, and so I don't, it doesn't have to be capsules. And, um, you know, just, just to be honest, like, I kind of just, I started to give it to some friends, like, Hey, like, what do you think about that? And they're like, Oh my God, like how, like, so you mean to tell me that it's, it's healthy. And like, this is them telling me, like, I had, these are things, it's kind of like them playing the mirror for me and being, and, and at first me being like, nah, nah, nah. Like what? They're like, no, 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 you have something like you need to do that. And then that turned into like long story. It was my little brother. Actually, I got him a job at, at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, this insurance company I was working at at the time. And, um, like I, I like gave him some capsules. Like here, just take that. And like <laughs> he came back to me. Like, listen, th- these are amazing. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to be doing something with this. You need to expand. And and I like, I think it was him saying that because he's not the type to even like really be like like really encouraging like that. I was like, okay, like something resonated to me. And and I created uh, at the time I intended to create a uh, a brand called Sinclair Medibles. And this is the other page that you're probably talking about. And um. And my goal was to get to a point where I was uh, like uh, like official and licensed and things. But I'm in Connecticut. They weren't legal at the time. Uh, it, it was it's a whole bunch of hurdles. And so it never really uh, panned out. And it just kind of stayed to like friends and family. Um, but now it's just ironic because like I was doing I was doing that for years. Just trying to like really get up off the ground. And that, that never really went anywhere. I just kind of really stayed local. And um, as I just kind of owned the craft and expanded and started to make more and more different things. But this is over the course of that time where I, I really, this is like that point of like fusing things that really tasted and even looked aesthetically pleasing with uh, this medicinal aspect. Because to me, it wasn't about, hey, you're going to get high. It's like, no, you can use this food, enjoy it as an experience, while also helping you to deal with maybe your depression or maybe your anxiety. I can I can customize it for you so in a way that that you can use it in a way that you need it. Uh, I had people like most of the people that would come to me had some sort of major issue, whether it was mental or they'd gone gotten into some sort of accident or they had broken a bone or like you know. So like for me, it was eccentric to to helping the people because I was like this helped me in such a way 
that I think I need to give this to other people. Um, so, uh, but so yeah, that was that anyway. So, but now like just recently I kind of parlayed into the, the baking buds thing because it's like, okay, while we're getting the, the, uh, licensings and, and things sorted out, why not share just the food? It doesn't have to be medicated. Like it's still medicinal. I can still include other herbs, uh, that don't have any psychotropic effects or anything into the food. Um, so that's what we're doing now. And that's what we've kind of been in the process of process of expanding on. And, um, yeah, there will be a return to uh, either Sinclair Medibles or um, a Sinclair Medibles-like company in the in the near future. While we kind of now have these talks with the uh, the, the licensed uh, cannabis producers in, in the area and stuff. So, yeah, but I thought I'd mention that because like uh, I, I wouldn't be fully authentic if I didn't explain that part of my journey because it was an essential part of healing myself. Um, it's ironic now. Uh, I um. I don't really use cannabis anymore. It's, it's, you know, you get to a point where we're just talking about everything. This is cool. Like I, I got to, I got to a point where I, uh, it served its purpose for a while. You know, it, it like even like mentally, but beyond just the physical, like it served its purpose for me for a while. It did help me a lot on my spiritual journey as well. But I've gotten to a point now where I, I am kind of vibrating past the vibration that, that cannabis can take me to. So really doing it now really just lowers me. Doesn't matter the type or the strain or the amount that I do it. Like where I'm at now, it only lowers me. And um, there's that aspect. Because there's still times where I'm like, I could use a smoke. Like it's not that I'm like, mm, get it away from me. Like sometimes I'm like, I would like to smoke. But like I now I'm intentionally not doing it because I feel like I can expand so much quicker. Because we talked about the, or I think this is off camera actually, but we talked about uh, like the emotional wave and how in order to, fully and wholeheartedly and swiftly manifest things into your 3d life and to bring bring you closer in vibration to what you're wanting out of life you have to experience your full uh, emotional wave the entire emotional wave to to the fullest no matter how long it lasts you have to you this is a part of it when you drink smoke whatever when you um uh numb that in any way you slow this process immensely and it doesn't, and I, and I was noticing this, like I'd be on a roll like things were just happening, rolling, boom, boom, boom. You know what? I'm going to have a joint because I feel good. S- screeching halt. Uh, and it, like, it took me a while to, to like, really not just figure it out, but like admit to myself that this is what was happening, that I, I was, no matter what it looked like, I was stopping the, the emotional train and, and slowing it down. And like, instead of the wave being a full wave, it's kind of like, you know, like a very small wave and which is like much less powerful, carries much less potency. And, um, yeah, so this, this has been my, my journey and I'm at a point now where I'm actively not using, I'm glad to help other people, you know, uh, but like, but for myself, it's just something that's serving me. So yeah, taking you through the entire, <laughs> the entire journey from like back then until, uh, right now. And, um, honestly, I feel amazing. Like that. If the emotional waves are stronger and more difficult and they feel like harder to like kind of like sit through and allow to happen. But the end results are so much better, you know? So this is not some PSA don't smoke kids. Like uh, this is not some PSA. Cause like it, I wholeheartedly believe that it is absolutely uh, very helpful and can be extremely medicinal uh, to, to people depending on, on where you are. But for me right now, just for anyone listening who might be like me and noticing something similar, um, it might benefit you just to at least take a break. 
to stop and just to see because it began with me just as a break you know just to and now i'm like i don't think this is ever going to become a permanent fixture in my life again it's not that i don't think i'm ever going to do it again it's more like it's never going to be a permanent fixture it's never going to be something that i feel like i need every day nor necessarily every week ever i don't feel that anymore um yeah <laughs> so, so i'll say about that Oh my God. I love it so much, Maurice. See, this is why I love the way that the format of this podcast goes, because we never know where we're going to go, what we're going to talk about. And so, you know, we're basically getting all these different pieces of your story that are all like fitting in perfectly with our conversation. So I love that we were able to talk about this because it is, it's an important part of your journey. And yeah. I love that you shared about that. And, you know, in some sense, when you were kind of sharing about the cannabis, it's almost sort of like, you know, we all encounter and experience things at different times of our life. And at that time, that's what we needed. But there is also a place of reevaluating and saying, well, do I still need it? Does this still yeah. serve a purpose? And for you at the moment, it doesn't in the way that it did. And so I think that's really the message to me is just because you've done something for so many years, great, but it doesn't hurt to just always stop and think like, huh, do I still need that? Like, what's next? Where am I heading now? And what feels right now? And it's not like you're saying, oh, I'm never going to do that again. You're just like, it's just not something that I need at the frequency that I did at that time. And I'm like moving into a different place yet you have all the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom that you can offer and share that with others that might be in a different part of their journey. So I love that very much. And I think, again, you just are confirming about how, you know, we kind of go from our like pain to purpose journeys. It's like, when you think about it, it's like all these different things that we've encountered like all end up being like tools and resources in this like big bag that we have that we can like reach out to and be like, ah, what do I want to pull out today? What do I need <laughs> tomorrow? You know, so I do love that piece. And, you know, of course, it's quite a journey. And like you said, there's a lot of pain. That's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of rejection. I mean, every word that you think of, like, you know, a lot of us have gone through it. But sitting where we are right now today to be able to look back and to say, wow, yeah, there's been some real rough stuff. However, every single one of those things showcase for us an opportunity to receive gifts or knowledge or information that now not just are healing us, but can offer healing to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all a part of, of the puzzle, all necessary, all aspects. You know, it's, it's easy to kind of look back with bitterness and, and resentment. But, um, you know, when you really look at it, every little thing that happened and every little piece that was picked up, everything that was learned along the way is purposeful, if even just to pass it on to somebody else who might be at a similar place, who might need that that information uh, now, you know? So it's funny because you probably experienced this too, but like in client work, you realize that like so many of the people that, that come to you that feel drawn to you uh, ha are in the middle of experiencing something that you've already experienced, either it could be from way back or it could be something from last week. And you're like, I was just dealing with this. Okay. So I actually know what to do now. So, you know, so yeah, it's, it's all purposeful. Definitely. Yeah. And I love what you're sharing because one of the things that's, you know, coming into my awareness, it's kind of like, we know this, but there's absolutely no coincidence, the clients that you attract, 
because it is literally like you are the person that will be able to assist and help them and they will find you. The universe will guide them to you. So I love how that happens. And, um, you know, I just think it's incredible. And what a journey you've been on. And I know there's so much more to come, but I'm excited to learn about all these different pieces that you are putting out there in the universe. And um, I also wanted to make sure to mention before we kind of move into kind of the ending part of our podcast is that you host these incredible like mediumship circle. If you wanted to share anything about that before we kind of transition into the next piece, that would be great. Sure. Yeah. So, yes. So uh, one thing that I become pretty passionate about is helping other people step into their, their mediumship gifts. And uh, so every week on, for now, the schedule kind of changes, but for now the, uh, on uh, Mondays at, nope, sorry. It is Sundays at 1 PM Eastern time. And Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I host a Zoom mediumship circle where people can come and practice their gifts. And I always emphasize that um, because this is something I run into a lot. People think that you need to be seasoned to practice. You don't even have needed to have heard about mediumship uh, ever before. Uh, if you feel at all drawn to join a mediumship circle to, to practice or learn how to do mediumship for the first time, it's a great place to, to jump in because it's not just you being thrown into the water. I do act as the mediator and kind of like the master of ceremonies, for lack of a better word. And, and I can help guide you to meet a person's spirit. I just, that's one of my skills is I can help you connect with somebody and, and also help you through the process and how to communicate with them back and forth. Um, yes. And I do this yeah, every week and um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. I've seen some amazing, amazing uh, transformations. People were coming. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't think I can do this to I'm a medium, you know, like to the, by the end of the, by the end of the night. So yeah, I'd be happy to have anyone who's listening to this in my mediumship circle, if this interests you at all. Uh, and just to be upfront, the cost per session is $11, just $11. And, um, and there's no obligation because I know some people for these types of things are like, they kind of make you uh, sign up for 10 or something like that. You can literally come whenever you want to, or never. So uh, I like to keep it open and free like that. So yeah, if you're interested, definitely reach out to me. I love that so much, Maurice. Um, I had an opportunity to go to one and I was also very nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. Like, what is this going to be like? And I really enjoyed the experience and, um, you know, felt really safe, felt really comfortable. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to kind of like get into that space of being able to do a little myself, which was really kind of fun. And so I would just say to everybody, like, don't feel nervous. You're in really good hands with Maurice and the people that come in and, you know, just give it a try. If it seems like it's something that's calling to you, like you said, no experiences needed. Um, just come and have fun. I mean, you know, if, if it was just one time, so what? Come check it out. So I would highly encourage people who are tuning in to definitely join in. And um, so we're coming to that place now, Maurice, where I love to invite my guests if they want to pull some cards, they want to channel a message, like whatever brings you joy to share for the collective that's tuning in. Let me know. Okay. So I suppose I'll channel a, a message. I don't know what's going to happen because I... I'm just going to tune in and see. Uh, just to be clear, I never know what's going to happen in anything that I do. I, I'm just the, the middle person. I'm just the channel. So let's see what whoever wants to say to everybody. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, so um, 
I'll preface this by saying that um, everything, everything has a spirit. Everything has its own uh, consciousness. Uh, even the things that we think are inanimate or inanimate or, or don't uh, have life necessarily. Um, I've never met this being before. Uh, this is I laugh because I was like, "You exist." Um, so the in shamanism, especially, I'll just preface this all by saying this: uh, I would refer to uh, like the overarching spirit of fill in the blank, whether it's overarching spirit of eagle or the wind or just any anything else. I would say the great spirit of blank. So uh, I believe what I have here is the great spirit of chocolate. So never met this being, never even considered this being to to be uh, existent. (laughs) Chocolate says that it is important to lean into your own decadence and your own pleasure and your own joy. The sweetness that exists in your own life, and there is always some, even if it's sometimes bitter. It's making chocolate puns, I think. Your number one mission here is to live your life as a human while both seeking out and recognizing the available joy. As you follow this path, as you put forth effort into doing this, you'll find that what it is that you're wanting most and what it is that will help you and support you in bringing in more joy into your life will reach you much more readily and much more easily. You are not only safe, but expected to lean into your joy and what makes you happy. There's no need to feel guilty nor wrong for doing the things that light you up from the inside. I'm, I'm going to, the talk's not saying this, but I'm going to add as long as those things aren't hurting people. I'm talking about hurting anybody. Because <laughs> I feel like this is implied, but... To, this being didn't say that. It literally looks like like a <laughs> looks like a segmented chocolate bar, like a like a massive segmented chocolate bar. It's like it's as tall as me. No wrapper, just like just a, it's a chocolate bar. And it's, it's sentient. It moves. Uh, do you want to say anything else? There will be times where your joy calls out to you from the inside. Just know that every time that you ignore those impulses. You move further and further away from all it is that you're wanting. So I'll translate this as, as if to say that, for example, you might be craving chocolate, just specifically, and you tell yourself, no, no, because fill in the blank. You know, like, um, the, and the crave, it's not as if you, you are like, you know, you're eating chocolate every day. This, it's just, you just feel this strong impulse, like, you know, like, let me just get myself a piece of chocolate or like, eat a little piece of chocolate. And you explain it away as if to say, no, 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 I don't need that. That's too much. Whatever it is. Each time that you do that, you take steps away from everything as a whole that it is that you're wanting, not just the chocolate, but whatever other goals that you're trying to achieve. So that to me implies that the more that you follow these uh, impulses of joy, pure joy that isn't hurting anybody, the closer you get to all it is that you're wanting in life. And it's like, this is like a, like a, not a warning, but just kind of advice that uh, this being is giving to everybody. Yeah. And I'll just kind of sum up the rest of, of what this being is saying by just uh, 
like uh, like don't allow anybody to make you feel afraid nor guilty for for smiling for just being joyful for no apparent reason don't let anybody tell you that you have to have a reason that that there's something that you need to be uh doing or experiencing or that you need to earn it in some way don't let anybody tell you that because the truth is joy is an aspect of your essential self and the more you embody your essential self the more you're vibrating everything that it is that you're wanting period and the more of a vibrational match you become for everything that you're wanting period yeah what an interesting thing yeah so i'll leave everybody with uh chocolates love Oh my God. I love that so much. That is so awesome. That's yeah. I've never experienced that before. I'm like, what chocolate? And we were talking about food. So I'm like, it's probably like lurking around, like waiting for an opportunity. We've been talking about edibles and foods and cookies. And I was like, "Mm, okay, that would make (laughs) sense. (laughs) And I've been thinking about chocolate. I was like, oh, how interesting that this is coming in. But what a beautiful, beautiful message. And even though it's coming from chocolate, it really is like such a beautiful, like universal message, right? About chasing our joy and being in that place and to not feel guilty, to enjoy. And like you said, of course, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. Um, So I absolutely love this message. What a wonderful to the pun intended wrap up this session together. That's good. That was good, especially because it didn't have a rapper. Right, exactly. I was like, ooh, I'm going to take that opportunity. But oh my goodness, this has been so much fun, Maurice. It's been so great to hear um, all these different pieces that all like came together uh, to learn about your story and um, all these wonderful things that we've been able to share with everyone tuning in. I am so grateful. And thank you again so much for joining me. And all of Maurice's information will be in the bio section everywhere that this gets posted so thank you again maurice thank you thank you so much for having me and and allowing me to it's very um i don't know it's like almost medicinal and therapeutic to to be able to talk like this so yeah thank you i appreciate you too for even creating the space i love it thank you again and thank you to everyone that's tuning in to listen to this episode i hope that you receive some beautiful information and some insights and we'll check out what maurice is up to but thank you again for tuning in and i can't wait to catch you all on the next episode thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of elevate with v I'm super grateful for your precious time that you take to listen to these episodes. I hope that there were some valuable insights and tools to map onto your own journey. If you think that this content would be valuable for somebody else that you know, I would greatly appreciate you sharing it. If you have been loving this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would follow, rate five stars, and leave an amazing review on Apple Podcasts, and please follow and rate five stars on Spotify. Higher ratings and great reviews allows this content to get out to more people. Let's support each other and elevate together. Thank you again for spending your time listening and tuning in each week. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.